Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow, in which direction is my voice about to go? If I complete that sentence with the voice of the world, it will go down. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Interesting, isn't it, that the world's rallying cry to enjoy life ends on such a downer? That which starts out sounding so inviting, eat, drink, and be merry, inevitably turns sullen at the realization that tomorrow we die. There's no escape. Because of our sin, death is in our future. It faces everyone, a fact that even the world is forced to acknowledge. Even the world recognizes that no one can escape the grave. And so what is the world's advice? Live it up when you have the chance. Cram the few minutes that you have with as much eating, drinking, and merrymaking as you can. But how merry can one be with such a perspective? How happy can life be, even with the best food and the best wine, if one's future is filled with nothing but death? That which is known as the Epicurean philosophy is as hollow and hopeless as the lost philosophers who dreamed it up. Those who face only death can eat and drink all they want, but they can never be truly merry. Their future makes that impossible. The Lord teaches us to see things differently. And one of the students in a college religion class some time ago expressed the biblical viewpoint well. The title that was given to the student's short article was, Eat, Drink, and Be Merry, for tomorrow, and now the voice goes up, we live. As that article pointed out, there's a type of eating and drinking that truly does have the power to create a merry and joyful heart, because this eating and drinking has the power to create perfect peace. What kind of eating and drinking is this? The kind of which our Savior spoke in Matthew 26. Eat, this is my body. Drink, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. If the world only knew, there is food and drink that truly makes the heart glad. The bread and wine that come together with the body and blood of our Lord Jesus in communion. In fact, Jesus gives us this sacred meal for the very purpose of making us merry. Jesus is all for joy. His heart's desire is for his people to be happy. <clears throat> but just how do these two items go together? Communion and joy. The link is found in those words of Jesus. This is my body. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. What do we receive when we go to the Lord's table? The answer that you were properly taught in your confirmation studies is that we receive the body and blood of the Lord Jesus, which are truly present in, with, and under the bread and wine. Correct answer. But there's something we receive in addition, namely, assurance. An added guarantee that our sins have been forgiven. When we go to the Lord's Supper, Jesus gives in a physical, tangible way the very same message that he speaks to us in his word. In his word, he tells us that he has paid for our sins with his blood and that we are, therefore, forgiven. 
in his supper, he affirms the fact of our forgiveness by giving us the very body and blood that won our salvation. There is an illustration found in the teacher's notes, which accompany a Christian instruction series, which I think makes the point quite well. The book is What the Bible Says by Oswald, Oswald Reese, and he quotes a Mr. Schramm, quote, The story is told of a pious man who had a wayward son. The father's head was often bowed with shame, and his heart was heavy with grief over the vicious conduct of this boy. Yet, when the father lay upon his deathbed, he thought of his son with a love which was still tender and compassionate. To his pastor, he entrusted this message. Tell my son that in my dying hour, I forgave him freely. Then, drawing his ring from his finger, he continued, Tell him that I give him this ring as a pledge of my love and forgiveness. In a somewhat similar manner, God sends us the gospel message of forgiveness, and then he confirms, and then to confirm our pardon, he seals it with his holy supper. End quote. Whether our ears receive the message of forgiveness or our mouths receive the body and blood that won that forgiveness, that which is communicated is exactly the same. Our sin has been canceled. What, therefore, is the appropriate response to this eating and drinking? Being merry. It wouldn't make any sense for someone, having just been told that his guilty sentence had been overturned, to walk away downcast or mournful. Such a person would invariably walk away rejoicing. So also with the announcement of our forgiveness. There is no more appropriate response to the eating and drinking of the sacrament than to express joy and gladness. The way in which that joy is expressed will vary, of course, from person to person, but one hopes that the common experience is one of gladness. For communion is to be as happy an event as is hearing of the spoken gospel. In other circles, the word Eucharist is used, which means thanksgiving, a celebration. In the sacrament, the forgiveness of our sins is clearly proclaimed, the very message which, which strengthens our faith. And faith in Christ, of course, results in eternal life. I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. At the very moment Jesus was instituting his supper, he was looking with joy to the day when he will bring us to paradise and share with us the heavenly banquet. And he points us in the same direction. To paraphrase, it's as if he were saying, Eat my body, drink my blood, and be merry in my forgiveness, for my forgiveness means that you will live with me forever. Having received the double assurance of our forgiveness through the word and the sacrament, we no longer see only death in our future, but eternal life with Christ. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The voice goes down as the world sinks in its hopeless expectation of tomorrow. But we've been given a hope-filled expectation of the future, for which we've been given the assuring sacrament of forgiveness. Although the customary scheduling of the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of the month and on Monday Thursday will be interrupted this year due to COVID-19, we can expect to have opportunity again fairly soon to eat and drink Christ's body and blood. 
Let's be merry and joyful in that high privilege. Let's lift up our thanks to the Lord, lift up our eyes to paradise, and lift up our voices in praise. For tomorrow, we live. The hymn selected for this devotion is hymn 305, stanzas 1 to 5 and 9 from the Lutheran hymnal. Goodbye.
Jesus, pray. 